And I'm Carrie. And this is Warhammer 40k Book Club, where we read from a crag. This is episode number 105, and our book is Cypher, Lord of the Fallen Jeez. by John French. It tells the daring escape of Cypher from Terra. Does he escape? Obviously, yes. Um, we posted several questions on our website, wh40kbookclub.com, and we encourage con- participation in our conversations via Twitter, Sorry, YouTube, I just spilled water site. all over the goddamn place. <laughs> Ah. Turn this podcast around. Uh, we <laughs> Sorry. can't have anything nice. Boiler warning. Carrie has spilled her water. And if you haven't yet read this book, go to the site, check out the book and the questions, and then come back to this post as we're going to be discussing it from start to finish in great detail. Even though it's short, a lot happens in here. So, in addition to Carrie spilling her water, lots happens. Um, did you like the book? I loved it. Bravo, John French. I liked it better when it was called the Alfarius Primark novel. So unfair. Um, I, okay, I will say this. This is, without question, the best John French story I have ever read. I am going to make a lot of knocks and rips at how he also clearly really enjoyed the Alfarius Primark novel. Um, and there's a lot of meta stuff going on with this book that I really struggle with that we'll talk about. But narrative structure wise, I loved it. I absolutely loved the conversation. I loved Cypher's tone of voice. I loved, um, even though I figured out his identity is David Xanatos in the Warhammer 40k universe. Um, <laughs> Cypher, the, da- the David Xanatos gambit. I enjoyed the hell out of this book. We, my husband and I both really enjoyed it. I laughed a lot during it. I feel the need to really stress how much I liked it because I am going to poke fun of it a lot, but also because I've notoriously ripped on John French and loved it. Did not outstay its welcome. No, it's not. See, you kept saying much like Cypher. And I'm like, God, no. got out. Ariman. You point out the Xanatos Gambit, that is Ariman's thing. And that's what John French always did in the Ariman novels. So I see him more as an Ariman character than Mike Brooks as Alfarious. It was the constant cheeky, is this true? And the way that it basically starts with, this is going to be a lie. And then at the end, was it true? I was like, mm. well, and here's my thing about this. And this is why I make the Alfarious Primark novel comments is that we're going to talk about that later. Let's, let's, mm, I'm going to dive into that in a second. Let's talk about what st- what parts stood out to you because so much stood out to me in this book. Well, first two pages, I had to put the book down and I had to pull out a campaign book so I could get the timeline straight. And uh, so I was like, okay, so when did he get to Terra? So I pulled this thing out, read, your heart. read this entire story. Over to cover. Could I have gone online and read a summary? Yes. Not the point. The point is I have it here and I wanted to look up some some really quick notes to see like how did he get to to Terra? Like I thought I remembered him, but I needed to know the timeline. I needed to know the timeline of Reboot's rising because that has always been very fuzzy when he got to Terra. So the, the whole thing with the Red Corsairs, I didn't realize all of that was before he even got to Terra. So all of that is before... Um, Watchers of the Throne. Um, it was just a nice thing to have here was, was this, this timeline. I think the thing that stood out for me the most 
was I love the fact that Cypher literally addressed every single question about him in the Codex. Everything cracked me up. I'm like, okay, yeah. So I was like, well, yeah, but what about this? Oh, right there, right there. He says the exact same thing. And the funny thing is, like, I'm reading the afterword uh, in my copy. And John French talked about how he got so many codices out to make sure he did this character right, which I just love. Like, he got the chaos chaos codex. He got the Dark Angels one. He got these. So he got the timeline correct. You know. It's a tricky thing, right? Yeah. Because the, when this book takes place. Yeah. Well, like, like on page. So on my page 66, he goes into all the theories of his sword. Awesome. Oh, yes, yes. Like, he just broke down every single theory that is posted on the Warhammer Lexicanum right now. What that sword could possibly be. It's almost like he's poking fun at the fans. Yeah, I see your theories out there, but let me just tell you. Who knows? Does it really matter? The answer is yes. Although yes, it does matter, actually. Kristen, there was, like, several lines in here that, you know, maybe it kind of goes to, like, who I think it is. Of course, it plays back and forth. Is this Zahariel or is this the original cipher that Zahariel, you know, said, uh, make sure his body is never found? And he exits stage right, but we never really see exactly what happens. You know, it's like when he talks about how um, the emperor who made me, what immediately made me think of is from Descent of Angels when the emperor spoke to Zahariel. When Zahariel thwarted the assassination attempt so yeah oh the other thing i loved is when he was just like what do people think i'm going to do am i going to kill the emperor am i going to present the sword maybe both maybe neither i was like okay that's right out of lexicanum as well that's awesome i loved that kind of cheekiness with this character like this this is honestly the first book i've seen aside from that one short story that john french wrote about the other cipher from the horus heresy where i feel like he had fun writing it i will say this book was probably a blast to write um the cheekiness of the character the um the cheekiness of him the way that he phrases certain things um i really liked when they kind of realize where he's going and he's like, well, that wouldn't help unless I had the weapon. Oh, wait, do I? Do I have that? Awesome. Again, definitely Xanatos Gambity because literally everything in this book lines up exactly as he was expecting. Having said that, I'm willing to give it to him. It's so much fun. And he almost, I love any book where the character develops a rapport with the reader Right. Like, it very much sounds like you're sitting there and he's basically just chit-chatting with you. Like, oh, let me tell you this wild story. Um, I really liked that part of it. The things that really stood out to me that I really liked about this book, I loved the whole concept of the dark cells. I thought the way that he described the dark cells were fun. They were awesome. I like, it definitely sounds like a Blackstone fortress going on mm -hmm. under there. Um... I really liked his comments on Hecaron. So when he talks about them walking through the dark cells, 
and he talks about how they basically have to like memorize where they're going and have this idea. And he's like, if anything, if you ever questioned how far removed from humanity these things are, that should answer your question right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like when he talks about how like they don't feel fear. Like he just he really compares and contrasts them to the space marines. And one of my favorite lines is when he talks about, "Have you ever seen a custodian fight yeah. a space a space marine?" And I'm like, "Of course, all the time." And um, and he's like, "It's like a lion fighting wolves." And well, he ooh. said most people say it's like a lion fighting wolves. He said, but what's actually like is like lightning fighting. When wolves. he describes that, when he when he describes the battle and the way that Hecron is just tearing through the fallen, my husband and I both were like. We love this guy. I like this guy. I need three more of them. Like he was, he was a very fun character. I like the very dispassionate, very custodian-like custodians that we see throughout this. Kind of reminded me of, um, you know, Tommy Lee Jones' character in The Fugitive. Like, I don't care. You're just going back to prison. <laughs> like, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what your story is. You're just going back to prison. All and of course, I loved the whole court of assassins. I loved that. Oh God, I hate um, the assassins. I hate all of them. The whole I love them so, so much. I love them so much. Um, Just all the I, like. Oh, but why do we have to give it back to you? Because this is a fucking custodian. <laughs> we don't answer to you. Yeah, this is why true. I hate. This is why I hate all of you. They don't though. Like it. It true though. Um, and they that's need one of those to answer very... to somebody. That's the problem with them. Well, I mean, that's part of the whole concept of the Lords of Terra in general, right? Is that who's in charge here? And eventually, once you make your way we up... We need another Malkador is what the problem is. Ain't that the truth? Um, th- they need a lot in the Warhammer 40k universe, but that's one of them. So do you like... Let's start. There's two things. There's two pieces of Cypher, I feel like. There's Cypher the character, as in he stars in a book... And then there's Cypher, the figure within Warhammer 40k. Do you like him as a character? Oh, yeah. I loved this version of him. I loved this. Even though, and I'll get into this in a second, about him as a figure in Warhammer 40k. I can't stand him. I thought his personality was fun as hell on this. I thought he would. This is everything that I wanted him to be. And also didn't want him to be. And more. But. Again, the rapport, the dialogue, his tone, the way that he looks at the world. I I'm here John, for it. So I, as a character, I thought John French really made Cypher a good combination of Zahariel and the original Cypher. So really kind of make you guessing which one is which. Because the original Cypher, well, not the OG Cypher, who is too old to become a space marine, but the Cypher for Luther... OG Luther Cipher. Gosh, this is what problems when you don't know their original names. He, um, you had no idea what was going on in this guy's head at all. You knew at one point, yeah, he's aligned with the Watchers of the Dark, but is he on the side of the Imperium? Is he on the side of Chaos? You don't really know exactly what he's doing. You don't exactly understand his full intentions. So I love that French combined that with Zahariel because there's also a lot of things in here that were very much like how Zahariel was before he became Cypher. Um, So it makes me once again super 
happy I've been reading the Horus Heresy so I can do these comparisons. Otherwise, I wouldn't know anything about Cypher or Zahariel, the OG Cypher or the Zahariel. So I love his rendition of him. Um, oh, the other thing about the OG Cypher is that he wouldn't start fights. He wouldn't be a part of them. But he would just kind of happen to be there and maybe kind of do little nudges. Maybe. Because right. when Sahariel killed, uh, I don't remember the guy's name, uh, the loyal uh, Dark Angel at Luther's Feast, the other cipher kind of had nudged something in the warp that made Sahariel think that this guy was going to betray Luther. <laughs> so it's, it's so fitting. And honestly, and I would... I would actually love it if this cipher was not Sahariel at all. And it was the OG cipher that was just like, you know what? I try to do things nice. Fuck you guys. Fuck all of this. I'm just watching the world burn as I go. I really don't care about any of this stuff. But for the fact that he's leading everybody makes you think it can't be that cipher. It's got to be Sahariel. It could be something totally new. Sahariel's dead or whatever. Who knows? What if he's like the Dread Pirate Roberts? That's... that. I was actually just thinking that. We don't know. We're like, we don't know who he is. I mean, obviously he's David Xanatos, um, which technically could be canon because of Puck. Um, but I would actually, that's one of the, so he is one of those characters that because I have such mixed feelings about him, if they came out and they were like, okay, he's Zahariel, I'd be like, hmm, okay. If he comes out and he's like, psych. I'm actually an Alpha Legion member. I'd be like, okay. If they came out and said that he was the Dread Pirate Roberts, basically, I would actually be very intrigued by that. This idea that he's not, it's not necessary. It's the name. It's the name of but, being Cypher. But that it's was a the commitment whole thing with the Dark to, Angels. That when you became Cypher, you always wore a hooded cowl. You lost but your name. Like, absolutely. But I would love yeah. if that's been continuing down. The line. That would be really and cool too. Every few thousand years, another guy. That would be really cool mental. too. But I think that's one reason why I think John French he he kind of did a combination here, so it's not so obvious it's Zahariel if it is Zahariel. Right, right. Or, or um, obvious that it's not him. Mm -hmm. Correct. And honestly, um, I think I would be disappointed if Black Library or Games Workshop came out and said this is who he is. Yes, I think. Why I do think you have to show mystery, me what's in the briefcase? Exactly, the mystery is part of him, and that actually makes. I was actually really concerned about this book that John French wasn't going to be able to resist being like, "Hey, hey, you see who this is?" Like, oh, back when my name was Z never mind. Like, I was really worried that he was really going to point to Zahariel. I was worried that he was going to point to Racer X. Um. Oh my God. I, I would love it if he oh. was Racer X, Mysterious Racer X. <laughs> Mysterious Racer X. Um, like, I like that he resisted that urge and that he kept it. Again, I this is one of those mysteries I th think would be sadder if they revealed it. Mm -hmm. um, as a figure within Warhammer 40k, I can't stand Cypher. Because to me, he feels like great value, Alpharius. He feels like... Alpharius for the 40k universe, right? Like, well, we can't really have Alpharius because we don't we haven't really quite figured out what we're doing there. Um, so we're gonna have Cypher in here, and he's off doing the is he loyal? Is he not? Is he loyal? Is he not? I don't know. 
Um, I get really sick and tired of that. Oh, see, I've never once thought of him as loyal. Never the fallen. No. Oh man. Um, he's loyal. Okay, so if this is Zahariel, they're loyal to Caliban. They're loyal to Luther. Yes, and we saw that a little bit with Azkar, right? Where he goes back in his mindscape, he goes back to Caliban. And this yeah. book, that this oh book my actually, god, that made me so sad that he missed oh, Caliban. Oh, me too. I was like, oh, I was sad about a dark angel, you guys. Um, again, that was like the second time ever. Um, that was very it was a lot, it was a lot for me to deal with emotionally. <laughs> um, actually, Corlael ripped me up the hardest. Oh, um, poor Corlael, 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 whatever. Miserable. Just- miserable loyal Corlael and then poor poor Bacario they all kind of he did oh, a really Bacario good job just of sad. Out. oh Bacario made me so sad um but I this book so here's the funny thing about this I hate the dark angels this book is my thesis statement why um so I will forever love it um <laughs> But with the specifically with Cipher, I just I with as a character, I don't really like him. And but I thought this book was really fun about it. And they did a really good job of laying bare a lot of my complaints with the Dark Angels. And it's not really that is he loyal? Is he not? The Dark Angels, and I've always said this, the Dark Angels are not loyal. They are not a loyalist space chapter, space marine chapter. They are loyal to themselves. They are not worshiping chaos and they are not actively trying to help Avedon, but they're not necessarily trying to help the emperor and talk more about this in a second, but they, the dark angels are like the Poe Dameron of the Warhammer 40 K universe where they have killed more of their, more of the Empyrean citizens than probably any of the fallen have. Um, I, this book did such a nice job of at least making me be like, okay, I understand that this character has a purpose in the 40k universe. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about that because the ending of this book, I was like, oh dear. <laughs> um, a lot of thoughts. But, so let's switch over to Mordecai and his band of merry followers. I loved how much they juxtapositioned one another. Especially with Nariel versus Corlael. Mm-hmm. They each had their little loyal buddy who... Yep sadness but um how did you like that comparison did you like them being these kind of mirror foils oh yeah plus the fact that they were both very strong librarians it's another reason why i'm thinking like this is a hard but you know at least like i think cypher has to be a librarian from here on out otherwise if it's not then we're gonna know it's not sahario that's all i can really say about it um but honestly the whole thing with mordecai (laughs) laughing the whole time I was like you know this is why nobody likes you guys you guys I understand you figure out shit they're here they're gonna find out we can't let them find out you know what the fact that there's demons invading right now because of the you know kickatrix maledictum this is amazing let's do this now they'll Never noticed just another explosion out here in the palace walls. It seems like a great time to go invade the palace. Bruh. This is why nobody likes you guys. And this is why you guys have to go throw shade on other chapters all the time. 
to get people to look at other to look look at others like <sighs> what would they have done had the cicat the cicatrix maledictum not opened what would they have done here like you have the perfect again it's a little too perfect but you have the perfect cover story right but okay Here's why John French in this book are now my favorite. And John French has to be one of my new favorite authors. I always had a problem with the Dark Angels. And I could never quite... I could never articulate it. And then <laughs> Mordecai did so for me. Um, it's when he's talking with Cypher. No, so he's talking with Corleo. And Corleo basically... It's like that scene from the end of The Prestige. Mm. Where he's like, you've done terrible things here on Terra. Like, you killed a custodian. And Mordecai says, yeah, but you made us. It's your fault we have to do this stuff. And that right there. That right there. They never own their evil. Because even by Warhammer 40k standards, like, these guys, they have, I mean, how many planets have we seen the Dark Angels exterminatus because the Fallen might have been on that planet. Like, they've killed billions of souls to hide their secret and they never seem to which, wrestle with it or address it right which is one thing i loved about gav thorpe's angels of darkness right because they almost do that again because a fallen came in and stole gene seed and there are, and those big virus releases so choices to go after the fallen you know kill him take back the gene seed or see where they are and risk the entire planet being infected and dying, or seal the fortress and only they die and the rest of the planet survives. And the interrogator chaplain is like, this is a horrible choice. I don't know what to do. And this one guy that he didn't know was in the inner circle is like, we're leaving. We're going after the fallen. And he was like, we're forsaking our duty to the emperor if we leave. So he kills him so they all die in the fortress. I love that book because it showed that awful choice that the Dark Angels right. have to make. And it's like, so few of them make the right choice. That was an example of them making the right choice. But yes. I was about to say, like, how many books do we see that right, right. choice being made? That's actually and one this reason book why I love that meme of the area 51 uh naruto runner <laughs> it's like you know because like the guy talking on the news is just like you know this is what we're doing like to save the imperium and then they have over the naruto runner behind dark angels when they see a fallen because they're like oh we gotta we, we gotta go like there might be like a sign of the fallen over here and it gets and it kind of makes me sad because like i'm reading you know like i said i'm just rereading this campaign book it talks about the red corsairs how they fell from the astral claws and, and all of this renegade chapters happen all the time from the original chapters yep and it's amazing how the dark angels have not figured out that they can just claim that that's a renegade chapter they have somehow ingrained this in their heads that this is what they have to do so now that the lion is back it's going to be interesting when he brings back the fallen into the fold, which makes me like, I got another campaign book I need to go read because apparently that really gets into how he's doing that. Um, that was my first thought is I'm like, I need another lion book. I need to see what happens next and what goes on with this. Because again, when you have people like Mordecai who are willing to be like, oh yeah, no, we totally killed the custodian because this is your fault. It's not us. 
we have to do these evil things because of you. We have no, res- like, this is not on us. Like they, they take no real responsibility. Now, now did I the, can't wait for the lion to get hold of that and be like, now did the fallen what? betray the dark angels? 100%. Is it the fallen's fault that Caliban is gone? 100%. At the same time, You can't always break eggs to make the omelet. Right. And I do like this idea that they're starting to invest. They're starting to look at more. And we really saw it in Mike Brooks's lion book where, because I'd always, that's one of the complaints I'd always had about the fallen is that, okay, half the Legion doesn't just decide chaos is cool. Okay. And I liked the idea when he runs in to the couple of fallen who are like, look, like, this was a horrible misunderstanding. We were pissed at you, but we're not really down with the whole chaos thing either. And like Corlail, right? He's like, look, I follow you, Cypher, but you don't get the impression that he's like, heck yeah, chaos. Azkar. Well, neither, neither is Azkar. He's not, but he is one of those guys that the lion would probably have to do a lot of, um, but he's very, a lot of one-on-one sort of stuff. Right. He's very angry. <laughs> he's very angry. He's very angry and at the bitter. lion. And then you have Bakariel. Like, I feel like you get to see all three of the flavors, right? Where you have Corlail, who's just like, look, wrong place, wrong time. I, I don't really know what's going on. I'm still very loyal to my brothers. And then you had Azkar, who's like, I'm angry. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Then you have Bakariel. And I feel like that's like all of the types of the fallen that you get. Mm-hmm. And. I really liked the way he showed that. And I liked Cypher. Again, one of the things I really like with the Trader Marines, or most of the Trader Marines, obviously not all of them, but this current of brotherhood. So when Cypher is like, can you blame me for not putting him down? Like, this was my brother. Like, Right. When Azkar is like, we can't save everybody. Let's just go. And he's like, we're all of us are leaving or none of us are. Like, he was very adamant. Like, we're all in this well, it's together. Actually, it's the scene in which the demon starts taking over Bakariel. And he's like... I think I kind of drove him to this. Like, I should have stopped. I should have intervened the second I saw him looking askance at the warp, right? Like, he's like, I had so many opportunities to take care of this. Can you blame me for not? Mm-hmm. No, no, bruh. I can't. I really cannot. Because... Well, like, but you even have some of that with the Alpha Legion, right? Like, we saw that with um, mm-hmm. Shroud of Night. How they kind of use some tools, but they're very much like, but we do not dalliance with demons like we do not make packs you know with, with, with demons so you always kind of have that 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 very very fine line and actually one thing i loved about this was that john french had cypher dance also that fine line we don't know what he does or not and so if this well, is zahariel is zahariel his loyalty was to Caliban. Well, what was going on in Caliban in that last novel? We discovered there's lots of evil. Caliban's a death world. There's chaos. Be- the beasts were creations of chaos. So the watches of the dark. Oh, shock. The watches of the dark, which we're trying to prevent, was the great Ouroboros, which I wish I could remember now how the British pronounced it, because every time they said it, I was like, the what? Ouroboros. That's what it was. Ouroboros. I was like, I didn't know you guys talking about the Ouroboros. I've been like, what what do you say? But the Ouroboros that lives in the planet. And the Watchers of the Dark and the OG Cypher were trying to prevent Svahariel from waking the Ouroboros. But Svahariel's like, but this is our planet. This is our home. Of course, we're supposed to be part of the Ouroboros. So, and so John French, you know, dancing on that, like, it was 
Maybe this is a Hariel who's become one, one with the Ouroboros. Maybe this isn't. He's just kind of like, nah, you know, with chaos. So good. Really, really enjoyed this. I, I liked the idea. The thing that I liked about him, one of, the, one of the scenes that I really liked is that you start to like, you really start liking him like as a person. You start liking him and he's kind of fun. And then he destroys that communications area and he talks about how much he enjoys it he enjoys slaughtering these people and then he kind of turns to the camera figuratively speaking obviously and says are you surprised by this that i enjoy this which is like what makes me think nope not really not zahariel <laughs> and not the og cypher so that's very fascinating i, I love it but, well, also, but it's been it's been ten thousand years, years that, right ex exactly it's like it's it, it's so great. But I love how he's talking the communication. That it's like, does this really do me any good? No. <laughs> but it gets them thinking of where I'm going to be. <laughs> well, exactly. And it does. It, it does. It gets them actually thinking. So let's speaking of them. Let's talk about our motley crew of Terrans to whom we are introduced. We have the assassins. We have Hecaron. We have Ansia. Um... Were you invested in them? Did you like any of them? I know you don't like the assassins, but... Oh, my God, the assassins. And then they're like, that wasn't him. You tricked us and left. Like, can you guys, like, stay and, like, get the whole story here before you just make snap judgments? Drives me insane. No, because they weren't down with this to begin with. Because they didn't want to give also, up... Also, it is... They didn't want to give up a pretty weapon because they have problems. It's really well, what no, this I is about... I actually like the idea. That was one thing I actually really liked was when they were like, yeah, we sent it to you. And he's like, we need to get it back because it's dangerous. And Kratos is like, do you have any idea how many dangerous weapons we have in our basement? Basically, like this idea that you, if you have a weapon that cannot fall into other people's hands, of course, who would you give it to? The assassins who will hide it and make sure that no one ever finds it like i do like the idea and i actually really liked that when they're like okay we need it back and he's like you gave it to us because you thought it was so dangerous it couldn't be out in the open and to kratos's point cypher ends up with it again anyways well, of course he does had it cypher. never left the fortress he wouldn't have had it, but I mean, Hecaron convinces him to bring it out. He kills Kratos. He takes the what? Like he don't. It's one of those things. Second guess the assassins and think, okay, they had a point because that doesn't make me happy. I mean, he, it, I, I, I'm totally with you on it too because at first when dicks. they were like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not here to argue that they're nicer, charming people. <laughs> they were complete and total assholes, and the fact that it's not just that they're like <clears throat> friend. Here's a logical explanation. Very dispassionate. Oh, no, no. He's cheeky. He's not only cheeky, he's flip. The entire time, right? Like, oh, is something bothering you a little bit? Mm, with my little, my little blunter over here, is something bothering you? Like, he's so rude and shitty about it. But, Which is what made me love it when An Ancia totally oh. lawyered his ass. Okay, when I was reading that scene, I literally, like, zeased out. <laughs> After when she was like, I'm sorry, something must be bothering my head. Um, She, I was so emotionally invested in her character. I, the whole description of her with, like, the obsidian orb circling around her and the idea of the Doom Scryers, I was like, I'm here for all of this. 
The crazy I'm thing here is, for every part of when it. they're describing the Doom Squires, I was immediately like, okay, which book am I have to go back into the Horus Heresy? They were talking about a type of psyker that they had to kill them all. Was that these people or was that something else? Like, I'm <laughs> things things run together when you read forty four books, people. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, but but I uh, I loved her whole concept. I loved everything she was able to do, and I did love how he keeps talking about. He's like, "Do you understand how dangerous these people are? Like, do you understand what these people are doing right now?" Um. I thought she was great. But again, it was, it does go back to had Hecaron and Ancia not, play, and that was one of those things when he picks up the sword, I was like, oh, you dumb bastards. Well, the crazy thing had is. the assassins just been like, sorry, we don't respect your authority and you already asked us to hide it. We're not pulling it out of here. The thing was so crazy because they kind of touched on this at the that very end, you know, Ancia when she was having her visions and she was like. This could be a self-fulfilling prophecy. It could happen if we don't do anything. It could happen if we do do something. Like, we're not sure how to act. And it was like, and it was one of those that it happened because y'all did something. Right. If y'all had done nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Had you done, and that's one of those things that, like, the self-fulfilling prophecy and Cypher even says, like, can always count on these people to fall into place. And that is one of the bad sides of her is that she doesn't really realize until the last minute that she's like, oh my God. No, we've been looking the wrong the whole way. When she's when they talk about her going back into the vision and he's like, she sees me. And she sees me smiling at her. Mm -hmm. Because he knew that this was going to happen. Like, in some ways it was very predictable. Um, I, I really liked... That whole, I liked that whole interplay. I loved Hecaron. Thought he was a phenomenal character. I loved Ancia. Everybody that we get to see in this book, like John French did, again, maybe because it's short, but I feel as though he did more this, for characterization in the City Bitty book. This proves my point. All right. Because the short stories he writes in the Horus Heresy are fantastic. The short story he writes about, um, Sigismund coming to his father and saying, but coming to Doran and being like, by the way, like I told them to stay here because I'm helping you. And Doran's like, you're not my son. That whole thing was great. Every Sigismund short story he writes is great. The short story he wrote about, um, oh, uh, it's part of the Garrow short stories about them trying to, they go to Caliban to find out what's going on because they haven't heard anything from the Dark Angels and Cypher is basically like, you need to leave. It's been, it's been a spell. Like, because like Luther arrests them and Cypher helps them escape with the Watches of the Dark. It's like, you just need to go. You need to go right. and say, see what you've seen here. And then that never happens. That was fantastic. Um, this was great. Um, the Herusian Wars, I really like those books, and I think it's because those are brand new characters that he's created. Let's be real. Am I looking it's forward to his first full novel in the Horus Heresy, which is my next book, Talarn? No. Because, like... He pads I think he's a, a great he's a short... Patter. I think he's a great short story and novella writer, and there is nothing wrong with that. Some people... Do not write short stories well. No, I, some people can't trim down, or they and, trim down 
too and much. I never could. Like whenever I'm a short story class, I was I sucked at short stories because I kept wanting to go on with exposition and character development dialogue. I could not keep it succinct. And people who can do a short story well are amazing. I think John French is one of those. I think he is because he doesn't had he ends up getting to the point very quickly i actually would argue oh my that God. this is the perfect you never, length you didn't read the Ariman short stories and no uh, no well those were great i i actually loved this in particular this length right here because he had enough to build these characters we cared about the characters um he had enough to tie back to the Harusian Wars, which I don't mind telling you, as soon as they mentioned the Desolate City, I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> now we're going to have to go back and read that short story collection no, from not. your Harusian Wars. Yes, we are. No, because that's fucking prequels. I refuse. But here's the thing, though. We've just talked about what a good short story writer he nope. is. So can't. Carrie? Carrie? Nope. Somebody in the comments, please help me compare. Er, Compare. Help me compare, Carrie. Help me convince Carrie that we need to do the thing. Anyways, I but I thought that was actually really nice without being heavy-handed. If you agree that we need to read all of the other Caiaphas Kane books before the new one. Oh, get the f out of here. Those are my terms. It is new. People want to hear about being glorious. They do not want to wait two years until you get through the entirety of the Horus Heresy, which, by the way, is flaming garbage. You read that dumpster fire. And then you decide to go back and read all the Caiaphas King books, which are going to be fun. But, oh, let's not forget you're also reading a bunch of short stories and a bunch of other stuff you're trying to catch up on right now. Not to mention the fact that we are two working mothers who have children who are busy I didn't decide to take over all of girls hockey in Colorado. I have a little more time than you. I have so much buyer's remorse. I am not living my best life right now. It's in, this is a thing that I have done. Um, so, by the way, what you guys have just witnessed is like kind of how we talk to each other like on a daily basis when we're arguing or what books to read. And she's like, there's no time for this. I'm like, maybe you don't have time because you decided to do all this. Girl and does she's not all have like, time yeah, right but then you decided to do this. You decided to start your yoga business up again. I don't know what you're talking about. Mommy and daddy are fighting because of Cypher, which is a metaphor. It is a metaphor. It is a metaphor for Cypher and Mordecai here. Um, and in case um, you're wondering, anyways. I'm Cypher and she's Mordecai this point i kind of feel like it um <laughs> there's been a lot going on the last few weeks uh yeah unfortunately there is like a curse to so being like, a helper so i know normally i drink tea and uh nah not tonight no it's been a few long few weeks um tonight's special but tonight's special um all right, let's really get into the meat of this. Hmm. Since we already talked about the Desolate City a little bit, we talked about the link to the Harusian Wars. What was going on with Hecaron? Let's start there, because there's two parts to this question. What was going on with Hecaron? And why does Ancia not recall anything? Um, it's time for theories. Uh, because Hecaron is dead. Yeah. Like, that... That statement when they're like, the wounds that had killed him hours ago, which would you guys... I was so devastated. I was like, well, they're not going to kill... Oh. My theories with that... Heck. 
is that he tapped into Sigismund. He became too angry to die. <laughs> Honestly, almost seems like I think would not surprise me if the custodies if they have something that they feel like they have to do, they will not die till that one <laughs> thing is done. Right. He's just like, nope, gotta, gotta. But it's also like the, because if you remember, the person who speaks to him in his his vision is a blunter. That's like, that's the guise it takes, right? Mm -hmm. Was the, I have a lot of questions here. So obviously something is going on and it's really at the end when they're like, he would have only done this if the principal had told him to. And why is like the fact that Ansia, a doom scryer, does not remember any of this vision. Her memory's basically been wiped. Like, I guess what I'm tiptoeing around is. Did Papa E have something to do with this? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. Yeah. Did Jimmy Space, like, Space. did Jimmy Space come down and was like, bruh. Like, but does that feed the whole dogma argument that have we tried turning it off and turning it back on again so with the, this sword rumored to be the anthema well i'll I pour mean, it in the glass of wine while you think about it okay well the sword's rumored a lot of things i want to believe it's the lion sword that's what i want to believe but i could also believe that honestly if they, if they tell the me that sword, sword is part of like one of the ath that the athames I'm just going to like throw books across the room because I can't handle this right now. No, if all of like the shards of Erebus or whatever, they're like, when you combine them and then combine them with Cypher's sword, I, I'm out. I'm done. Um, I'm done, done. Again, I like that we don't know what Cypher's sword is. Again, I actually really like that too. Yeah. Again, um, I don't need to see what's in the briefcase. Yes. I'll be really honest and say much like the emperor actually waking up will be basically the end of days for 40K. I think there are certain things that will also be, and, and, and at this point, really, Such is there anything that they could tell you? Finding out is all Farius and, and and or Omegan actually dead. We don't need to know. But again, you're starting down the, you're starting down the like those revelations will be like the precipice before the end of 40k. Um, but what I was I going to say know. is what I found fascinating. So to that, the principal had something to do with this. Did, you know, Corleal, what was his battle cry? For the lion. Okay. He's a fallen and saying for the lion. That says a lot to me. Which makes you she goes back do to old the, dab, do old habits die hard? Or to, I no, because on Caliban they stopped saying that a long time ago. If you read the Horus Heresy, and I'm from John French talking about the research he did with the, with the codices, I'd be shocked if he didn't go back and read some of the Horus Heresy stuff with uh, with Gav Thorpe and how he set set up that world, and even uh, Mitch, whatever his name is, who wrote that first one. The the point is like it's just we don't know, and if this sword because. In the campaign book, is that he told Raboot that he would rescue him from the Red Corsairs if he would take him to Terra. And Raboot agreed. Now, what he really wanted was to go in front of the Emperor, but Raboot didn't agree to that. He just agreed to take him to Terra. 
So when he was, the custodians were like, oh, we'll take you to see your dad. And um, Cypher was like, oh, I'm going too. And they're like, no, you're not. And he throws a fit. That's when Reboot's like, to prison. <laughs> I don't want that sword anywhere, anywhere near my dad. Because as what this codex says is, Reboot knows what the sword is. Yes, exactly. He not only knows what it is, he recognizes it. So I'm like, okay, this is just gotten like so this is so interesting. So what what is, is this thing? What did he really want to do with the emperor? Did the emperor know? I would I would, you know, I would want to say that he does. And maybe that's well, why he did what he did. So I fell down a rabbit hole and I had to go back to some of the Covenant books and go back and read up about the Desolate City. Mm, okay. If you recall, no, that don't. cardinal, that cardinal mm. is like, okay, the, the Desolate City clearly represents this destroyed future of mankind um, or a destroyed city. And this is where the emperor resides. It is the emperor who is there. And that basically we need to get a bust him out of Hawk, right? If you recall, though, Covenant was looking around the city and he's kind of like, oh, no, 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 no. This is not the emperor. This is terrible. This is he basically comes to the conclusion that this represents the destruction of mankind. And of course, all Hecaron says is not yet. Right. So. Is this the emperor? Or is this something else? Now, I I don't necessarily believe that anything Kaus would be that subtle. Right. Like, I feel as though anything Slaneshi or Nurgly or certainly not Corn. Corn, corn lacks anything that resembles subtle. This um, is, if it be, it would be Zinch. It'd be very Zinchy, right? But like, or... I mean, Magnusy, Lorgari. Well, so again, so I dove into this campaign book. This campaign book, a lot of shit happened. Okay, this goes into the whole thing with the Kairos Fate Love Weaver. With the Kairos, oh fate, yeah, yeah, Fate Weaver, reboot fighting Magnus. That was never in a book. That old so and so. That's on. That's on the moon, right? On Luna. No. It's before he even makes it to the solar system. That's right. Who does he... Wait, who does he fight on Luna, though? He has to fight... Ugh, I'm getting confused because I had a lot of wine tonight. Well, um, and not only that, but this stuff happened, like, back in 2017. Um, no! Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, I totally forgot he had fought... He'd fought Magnus. He fought... Um, Angron. All kinds of stuff. Who hasn't? <laughs> okay, that's true. I was like, you know, he fights Angron again. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Rematch. Um, but yeah, so like Reboot's been like very busy before he shows up on Terra and was like, can I see my dad, please? And they're like, do you know what's going on? He's like, do you know what I've been doing? <laughs> yeah. I've been a smidge busy. I've been busy. I, I was actually sent my calendar. I was actually captured on a rare red Corsair sh ship. Like, just just don't right now. It's like, it reminds me of, you know, uh, in the Avengers movie, when Captain America and all of them go onto that plane, they're like, you can't. And he goes, son, just don't. That is reboot. Son, just don't right now. Um. So, yeah, it's just like a lot of things happen, like, like with Magnus. 
Kairos Fate Weaver. All of that stuff happened with Reboot. So I could totally be like Zinch, like, oh, yes. It's all, it's all coming, coming together. together. Yeah. I absolutely could see that. The fact that Cypher is needed, right? It's this idea that, well, you'll come in here someday. Now, to be fair, that's kind of vague, right? Um, I need to go in there. Not yet. Now, it doesn't say how you're going to get in there or what you're going to do in there. Um, it just says that someday you may get into there. Um, that's a little vague. That's not very... Uh, if I were Cypher, I don't necessarily know that I would put that in the bank. The, cr the crazy thing is, is like, Hecaron's not the only person, like, keeping you from going in there. Like, there's a lot of other custodies. Well... I mean, arguably, I mean, well, the Cicatrix Maledictum has just opened. Maybe not. They may be out in Terra, like, fighting. Because if you recall, basically the thing that I loved about this book is that the first Watches of the Throne book is taking place right. on the on the other side. Right. And then also the Vaults of Terra books are also taking place over here. Yeah. Like, so we got like the Hollow Mountain part going on at the same time. Didn't really realize, honestly, until this book about how expansive that palace is. Oh, yeah. Like, and that's you, like when you look at the map and stuff like that, you're like, oh. You, you know, um, and yet you don't until you get, right. like, this many stories. Yes. And you start to really... Makes me, I want everyone tell you to know. What, makes me appreciate the Custodius Blood Games a whole lot more. <laughs> right. I want everyone to know that I really want to go to Kathmandu for a variety of reasons, but I really want to bring, like, my map of the Imperial Palace up there and be like, first. First. And, um, and to Kathmandu, like, I am not I am not built for going up to, I have no desire to go up any further. Oh, I, I'm Kathmandu. not mountain climbing. The, no, no. Um, the only one I'd consider is Fuji. No. And that's just because it's very flat. And everybody does it. <laughs> right. Um, and Kathmandu is actually not that high. <laughs> Kathmandu is actually lower than my house right now. Because um, I think it only sits at like 5,000 feet above sea but level. you just want to go look up at Everest and be like, this is, I know what's going to happen here. That's a big goddamn mountain. They're going to build a palace up there someday. <laughs> because there's no like, oceans and, you know, the yeah, hives like when they built up all the way up to there and... Well, yeah, like at Kathmandu, I'm probably sitting at one of the gates or one of the hives or something like that, right? Like, oh, my gosh. It's um, probably the lower hive. Let's be real. No, lower hive would actually be down in the ocean. So you'd be in the mid hives. I was going to say, are you saying that I could only afford to go to one of the lower hives? You're right, but rude. Um, That's probably all I can afford. This is this is one of my bucket list items. I really, really do want to go to Kathmandu. Um also, because I genuinely like Nepalese food. Anyways, um, not important right now. I, I don't know Nepalese food. I don't even know where I was going with this now. Yeah, we were talking about how big the palace is. Yes, the I palace love. Is big. For some reason, I love the idea of books and stories where they're like, basically, this whole book kind of read like. Meanwhile, back at the corral, um, because I know that all these other things are happening. But to your point, like this is probably, Cicatrix Maledictum. The rift has just opened. This is your best cover now granted it makes you wonder so, when he's like not yet my first thought was oh so my god this is gonna happen again so what makes me laugh 
So we've got the Kikatrisk Maledictum has opened. The demons are flooding Terra. Of course, it's been a while since Katie fell us how long it takes, right? The Dark Angels are just hovering the planet, just you know, waiting for fallen. Again, they're not loyalists. They are loyal to themselves. They're like, I love to imagine them looking down at all the demons streaming onto Terra. They're like, that looks dangerous. (laughs) Good thing that's not our problem. Sucks to be them. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Well, because like, on one hand, it's it's very funny, like when this when the assassins just watch Hecaron get killed, right? You're like, what jerk? Oh, well, to be fair, the Dark Angels just basically are doing that same thing. They're like watching Terra burn and they're just like, God, that was yeah, bad. Yeah, but we expect that from the Dark Angels. Expect better out of the assassins. Um, really? I do. You expect better out of contract killers? Okay, because they're supposed to be loyalists, yes. Yeah, but their whole thing. Yes. <laughs> Gen.exe has stopped has stopped they working. On, they are on Terra, correct? They are supposed to be loyal to the Emperor, correct? The Custodes is one of the Emperor's chosen. Yes? But they're assassins. They have so? what you might call a flexible morality when it comes to the bigger okay. picture. Wasn't also, one of them a Vindicari? Could they not mm-hmm. have made those shots? To save them. And then gotten killed themselves and the sword risks falling into now, these assholes' you know hands who they don't know who they are. I'm not questioning the Vindicari skill. A real Vindicari plus a Calidus there? Please. Cypher's pretty difficult to deal with. Because they don't know what's going Cypher on. They don't wasn't look at there. That. It was Mordecai. But they don't know who that is. They don't look at him and are like, oh, that's the librarian for the Dark Angels. No, but right? they, knew like, it they wasn't, had no idea. But they knew it wasn't Cypher. That's the point. They knew it wasn't Cypher. They still could have intervened. Yes, and also the Dark you know Angels could have intervene? intervened. Because they were being petty. That's why they didn't intervene. And that's what I don't like. I disagree. Sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> well, fuck you. <laughs> Drink some more wine. Things are getting heated in the Cypher fandom. <laughs> Just drink some more. Here's the funny thing. We both liked this book. Look, is it great value or alfarious? A hundred percent. Did I love it? Oh my God, yes. I take serious offense to calling this great, great value alfarious. Cypher 2, Electric Boogaloo, the ciphering. Um, I wanted to come up with some like revengeance thing and I just couldn't make like cypher vengeance or something. I just couldn't make it happen. It, it was really so. Where does Cipher go from here? Back into his little wherever the fuck he wants. Cabinet of fuckery. Like it's just gonna be like, and I'm off to be the budget version of Alpharius. Well, and... you know, he's. I'm a good story of how he got off Terra. He's gone now. That's but... true. He's gonna have to find new loyalist followers, and which... they're gonna or like. Fallen followers. But, you know, with fallen. the lion around now, that just makes Fallers. things more interesting. Fallen. Can you imagine if those two meet up? Oh my god! What? I would like to imagine those what two just staring Cypher... at each other, like. So. You. I wonder if he's going to look for Luther. If he finds Luther. Wait, isn't he the one who busts him out at the end of that Luther novel? No. Isn't he the one who's there and is like, "Let's go." I thought Luther just walked out the door. Oh, pretty much. Yeah, because the. He realizes he's free and he's like, and I'm out. 
Azariel <laughs> left the door it's open. It's been swell. Azariel was raised in a barn. <laughs> Close the door behind him. Close the door, Azariel. you Did I say Azariel? Azriel. I heard that. Yeah, I heard that. And I was like, do you listen to too many audiobooks, Pumpkin? No, they never, they don't say, well, they've never, I've never listened to a modern one. So I can't say if they say Azariel or Azriel, but I just, I can't believe I said Azariel. I'm so used to the Zahariel. Or is it because Azriel's the cat from Smurfs? Is that why you couldn't say it? Could be. Because actually, that? that is what the first thing I think of, even though I know Azriel's one of the names of Lucifer and all of that. But that's usually where I go, is I think of this stupid Azriel's one of his pandemonium, original OG followers of pandemonium, which makes it really funny that he's a dark angel. Um, or not, if you don't like the dark angels. Um, Honestly, I find it rather interesting fitting if somebody was like why don't you like the dark angels i would be like here's some literature <laughs> have fun call like, with any questions take my doll for cramps like like just just a you know follow mordecai and that's exactly that's exactly why jen doesn't like the dark angels and yet i loved this book and well, i think okay. it's actually See, all right you hate the dark angels you loved luther you loved that book. Okay, so I was just about to say that one of the things that's very interesting to me about this is that Oh shit, you I... like the fallen. You like Dark Angels, but you like the fallen. That's what this is. First off, watch your mouth. Second off. Luther, Cypher. No, I just I like because I think both books show what I hate about the Dark Angels, because Luther, if you recall, they keep they're basically the architects of their own descent into not being loyalists anymore. But then those guys, the chapter masters, constantly blame Luther. This is your fault. No, it's not, dude. You didn't listen to the That's guy. What I loved like, about Luther, that book. Oh I loved God. that too. But again, that book, when I read it, I was like, so that would be my two things. I'd be like, here's Luther and then follow it up with Cypher. This is why I hate the Dark Angels because they're asshats. Um, uh, so they're a good petulant, way up, childish asshats. Good way of summing up Luther is that video about um, how um, Frozen should have gone. <laughs> where... You know, it's about the, the animated thing where it's like, you know, how... Oh, yes, 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 yes. It took me a second to think. Yeah, where the trolls are like, so you need to make sure that, you know, she doesn't learn fear. Like, so we need to shut her away. What? That's not what I said at all. That's not what I said at all. Make sure nobody ever talks to her. What? You're terrible parents. That's what I think of with Luther. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's what that... And this... But again, this, like, it shows that contrast between them and... The Dark Angels and how much, and again, that book too also dealt with how little they take responsibility for their own failings. Well, it's not my fault. It was Luther's fault. He led me wrong. And this book, it's not our dishonor. We're not evil. It's true. You're evil. But that was actually one thing I loved about Phil Kelly's book, War of Secrets. Yes. Same thing. Same, same. We so just killed like an entire successor chapter. That's not our yeah, fault. Because somebody... Because there's a fallen around, so it's not really yeah. our fault. Oh, and oh also, God. in true traitorous fashion, we we made a deal with the Tao. I mean, let's be real, who hasn't So it's, in their time? So it's funny because it illustrates why she hates them. And it illustrates why I love them because I find it fun. It's so, it's so great because, like, you know, she loves, like, 
she, like I say, she's not even here. Jen loves, you know, some of these trader <laughs> I'm legions. I'm being talked about like I'm not even here. Right? So Jen loves Continue. trader legions like the Iron Warriors and um, the uh, World Eaters. She finds them fun. I find them utterly repugnant, but she actually finds them fun because they are so utterly repugnant. So it's kind of fun to see this dichotomy. So actually, I love that you're drinking out of your World Eaters mug. Because that fits with, with, what, with what we're saying. My poor, dumb, tragic rage monster. <laughs> I just love them. And and I, I totally admit this. So let me make this very clear because I've made... So if anybody has ever seen Megamind, and I know I've referenced this before. Have you seen Megamind? There's a scene where Megamind is talking with Titan, this villain that he has created... And he's trying to banter back and forth and he throws an insult out to Titan. And he's like, now you say something back. And this is 100% whenever I'm like, God, I hate these bitter ass, petulant children who can't take responsibility for their actions. Never forget that my favorite legion are the bitter man children, the Iron Warriors. Um, and it's also one of those things where I'm like, no, now you insult my legion. Like, let's have a, let's have a let's have a rapport here, and let's go back and forth. Um, I really loved this book, though. I went into this book kind of like mm. <laughs> much like Luther too, though. And I think anything I like things that lay bare where I can be like, yep, that's why I don't like the Dark Angels. Um, but but see, it helped I that did the Luther same was thing, a right? fun book. I do the same thing, right? Because like these books, I was like, this is why I don't like the Space Wolves. And it's so funny because with those books, Jen's like hate this book because we did the space wolves and i'm like hey this is why i hate them because they act like this it's they like, don't though they only do when gav thorpe writes them all of a sudden they're just like nah. oh like I've, <laughs> I've seen some things Damn. in the heresy Ugh. well i have two i've read most of the books that started the story of space wolves I uh, because I get very choosy and leapfrog and hop, skip, and jump all over the place. No, I am really glad that we read this book. I met it, it taps into meta problems that I have, but I enjoyed it. Um, I am excited though. I'm super excited because we've read a lot of 40k. We've read a lot of space wolf or space wolf. Read a lot of space marines and bolter porn and stuff like that. But finally, we get to go back into Warhammer Crime. Do y'all remember when Warhammer Crime was going to be the next big thing? Pepperidge Farms remembers. I do. Yeah. Um, it's been a really long time since we last had a Warhammer crime novel. And The King of Spoils mm. has me very excited. Um, I am new a author, big, too. A new author, too. Yes. I am excited for this. I like a good cyberpunk story. And I understand that you can make a very real argument that a lot of Warhammer 40K falls into the cyberpunk genre. But uh, this one in particular. Particular sounds very cyberpunky, like in oh, man, the, that explains uh, why you like the Mechanicum. Just that just now dawned on me because oh, you like cyberpunk yeah. shit. I love cyberpunk stuff. Um, oh my god, why can't I think of the guy who wrote? Think the OG of um, the OG of cyberpunk, Neil Stevenson. Sounds very much like a Neil Stevenson novel, and I'm jazzed. And it's Warhammer Crime. Like, we get to take a break between, like, major lore-altering things. And by the way, for the record, I don't think this book ended in a call to Robbie Poppy. No. I mean, it might have. But to be fair, I think the next call is to the lion. Like, oh, Bob hasn't checked his messages. Somebody call lion. I don't think they call, Lion's Robbie. Like, I don't think they call Robbie Bobby over this for a few reasons. One, because the 
world is going to shit and he's got other things on his mind. And honestly, it, okay, he did not forget because he doesn't forget. He's like an elephant. He doesn't forget because that's Robbie Bobby. But it's just probably not on his top his priority list right now. What happens some wayward dark angels. Like he really doesn't know yeah. what their purpose is. He's got other things going on. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, like when they're like, oh, dude, like the dark angels are acting sus. He's probably like, did you meet my brother? <laughs> right. Like this, this all seems very standard to me. No, no, no. You don't understand. Like they were in places they weren't supposed to be. Yeah. And? And? Like and water is wet. Um, <laughs> I feel as though, and now that the lion is back, like that's my next thing I'm excited about. But I am excited, like as much as I want to see the lion so badly, I'm kind of excited to do just like a. I love. Hey, the, I love the crime books. There actually has not been a. I haven't read any of the short story collections, like so. There has been like new ones of those, but there hasn't been a single War, Warhammer crime novel that we've read that I have not liked. They just announced a new short story collection. Of course they did in. That as well. Um, they it's coming out in hold please because you know that page that they update like bi yearly whether it needs to be updated or not. Um, they just announced yeah it's called Once a Killer, uh, and it comes out in October of twenty three, and I'm actually pretty excited. <laughs> Randomly, it has Mitch Scanlon story in it. Whoa. Oh my right? god, he wrote the first Dark Angels book in the Horus Heresy. There's also a Jonathan D. Beer who's writing this yep. book. And then there's something for, by Mike Brooks. So, well, And I then mean, Nick I'll Keim. Be, I'll be picking it up regardless. I have them all. Oh, have I, same, same. Have I read them? <laughs> Loading bar. Um, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't hear the question you asked. It was weird. Uh, just cut out there really quickly. Um, I am... Very excited for Warhammer Crime. So that'll be our next book for everybody. And um, we'll have a little bit more time to read it than we did Cypher. But Cypher was... Cypher was short. Fun as hell. Let me tell you fun how short Cypher is. I lost track of time. I read the book from cover to cover last night. It's like 180 pages. Again. Well, my copy was it's 159. Fun. But I, I read the afterword, which if you do have the limited edition, read the afterword. That was fascinating mainly because i'm kind of happy to know that john french is as big of a research nerd with stuff as i am so that just made me kind of happy so i guess i'm going to take us out yes please take us out i don't know what i no idea what happened there that was so weird like everything just kind of blanked out on my computer so anyway so <laughs> it's you called have... alcohol carry no like Drinks i'm serious like, i'm like i see the corner of my eye with obs like it just blanked out so i'm sorry everybody on the video like i have no idea what just happened that's okay maybe we shouldn't drink ever again i'm sorry so anyway so you've listened to the war <laughs> 40k book club episode regarding cypher lord of the fallen by john french be sure to join us next time for the king of the spoil by jonathan d beer you have an awesome last name sir we are an unofficial book club and not affiliated with the Black Library or any of its affiliates. You can find both the vidcast and podcast on our website, wh40kbookclub.com. If you like this episode, please like, 
subscribe, give a review and all those wonderful things to the vidcast on YouTube or the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Our site also has articles about our adventures and reading other Warhammer 40k books and short stories outside of the book club books. So please stay a while and read from a crack. By the way, I hunt fallen angels. This is a wonderful gift from my friend Jen. She sounds awesome. Um, maybe we shouldn't drink again. <laughs> but let us know in the comments below if you like it when we drink or not. Seriously. <laughs> when mommy and mommy fight. Oh, everybody loves it when mommy and mommy fight. But just, you know, if, you, if you're like, you guys are crazy when you drink, stop doing it. We'll stop. Please. But it's been a week. Um, and it's been a week. Gets you some Viognier. Porch pounder. That sounded fancy. Is that Colteris? It's actually a book cliff, and we had to store it in a cooler, so the front label is missing. <laughs> so it almost looks like moonshine. <laughs> I can't do moonshine, but there you go. There you go. It's book cliff. Viognier. Get you some. Kind of chartreuse looking. Kind of is. Cheers, everyone. Where is your chartreuse book? Oh, my chartreuse book has been shuffled down in the list here because I'm kind of redoing what the books are up there. And um, you need to put I've it back where everybody can see it. Yeah, but I've forgotten like about the chartreuse, much like Games Workshop has. Poor Gav Thorpe. I have to figure out how to get the fall of Cadia Ellie up there because. Damn, son. Yes, but I do have this nice doorstop, <laughs> The End of the Death, which is part one of the eight-part series by Dan Abnett. I can't what? wait for Magneto and Mystique to come in. It turns out that the whole time Euphrates Keeler was Mystique. I regret- Comic book humor! I regret telling you what I learned today, which was that, did you guys know that um, Sherlock Holmes was always Mystique? Did you know this? Did you know? I'm going to end with that thought nugget. Good flames. <laughs> Good on night. The side of my face. See, this Heavy is breathing. This is why people are not going to let us drink anymore. Because <laughs> we bring mystique into it. And you know what? I can't blame him. Euphrates Keeler is mystique. I'm calling it now in the book seven of the end and the death. Have a good night. You know what? I totally would believe it. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>